Romans chapter 8. We're going to break in right at the first verse. I need your prayers tonight, church. I appreciate what we've, the good preaching we've been under this week and hearing from God. It sure has fed my soul and helped me. And uh, we can get a lot of help in a lot of places for different things, but there's no help like the Word of God. Amen. amen. I said amen. 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 Praise the Lord tonight. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, right in the very first verse, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You ought to shout over that. Yes. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of, of life is Christ Jesus, hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, is what the Bible says, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they which that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnal, carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Because the carnal man is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Let us pray. Father, as we come to you right now, Lord, we, we need your help tonight. And Lord, as we've opened your precious word, I pray that you'll speak to us, Lord, out of it and feed our souls from heaven tonight. Lord, it's important that we know what your will is for our life. And the only way we can find that out is through your word. Now take us and use us for a few moments and we'll be careful to give you the praise for it all. For we ask this in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, Amen. You can be seated tonight. Look at verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. I need to read that to you again. You might have missed it. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, that the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit, is what the Bible says, that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. We are debtors. I mean, we owe the Lord something. We owe the Lord tonight. We're debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall, what? Die. 
But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but ye have, re <laughs> have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. That's not a charismatic word. That's the word of God. Amen. We cry out, Abba, Father. We call out to the Lord, Abba, Father, as uh, crying out like a, like a son to a father. Lord, I need you. My Abba Father, I need you. And the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we should suffer with him, that we may be also glorified the Bible says with him, y'all ought to be shouting all over this house tonight to know that you're not under the bondage of sin any long, longer. But I love this last verse and how, it's, how it reads. He says, for I reckon, that's like a Kentucky word right there. Well, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I'm glad we have some glory that gets revealed in us every now and again. When we get where we're obedient to the Spirit of God and listen to Him. And we can see here in this chapter that, that Paul is teaching on inward struggles with the sinful desires that war against our flesh. We all have sinful desires. We've all got things that we want to do, but we wrestle with that if it's pleasing to God or not. And anything outside of God is sin. Anything outside of his leadership and will is sin. And we need to be careful how we fall into sin in our lives. But he wants us to understand here, Paul does, that we're free in the will of God in our lives. We can be free from this bondage of sin. And the reason we're bound down and bogged down as people of God, now I'm going to take my time and give you something tonight. You'll get some help here. And if you're, if you're a student of the word, I take some notes tonight. But that's why I want to preach tonight about walking in the spirit. As children of God, we walk in the spirit of God. You may say, how do I walk in the Spirit? Well, I want to help you with that tonight to know how to walk in the Spirit of God. There's many benefits to walking in the Spirit. There are three things that I would like to talk about tonight and knowing how to walk in the Spirit. Paul has told us plainly here how we can do that. And we can see in verse 1, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you understand or not about condemnation, but condemnation is feeling guilty in judgment upon your life. I'm glad that uh, us that are in Christ Jesus, we don't live in that condemnation, the sin that we committed before we came to Christ because Christ's death on the cross erased all of our sin. 
Well, if he erased all of my sin, why do I got to come to Christ? Well, there's a guideline that we've got to come by. We come to him by faith. We confess him as our Lord and Savior. And by doing that, he wipes the slate clean. <laughs> I mean, never to remember no more. Now, Satan loves to stand on the other side and catch it all in his trash can so he can take it and bring it up to you and say, oh yeah, remember when? But you need to take him back to the cross and say, yes, I remember when. I'm no more under condemnation. I'm no more guilty. I've been set free, amen, to walk in the spirit of God, amen. The problem is, is we'll listen to the devil, we'll bring ourselves down, and we'll walk in defeat when he wants us to walk in victory. Can I get an amen tonight? Therefore, there is now no more condemnation, guilt or wrong, to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. There's a problem here. When people get born again, and we've all felt guilty of this, we pray for our loved ones, we encourage them to come to church, we bring them to church, we say, listen to the preacher, and listen to what's going on, I'll go pray with you, and we'll come with them, they'll come with a broken heart, contrite spirit, they'll truly, truly get born again, and we'll pat them on the back, and say, praise God, we're so happy, have a good day. We never follow up. We never try to encourage them in the scriptures. We don't show them what to do. You know, I'm gonna tell you something, just like uh, little brother Maverick there. He is totally depending upon his parents to teach him what he needs to do. If he's left to his own devices, he is born of a sinful nature, he will automatically go after the sin of the world. Why? Because the flesh desires the sin of the world. But the Bible teaches that we're to mortify the members of the flesh and not find ourselves guilty of that very thing, but we're to walk in the Spirit of God. And how we walk in the Spirit is we can watch other people's lives and their examples and compare it to the Word of God. We need to take these young converts under our wings and show them how to walk with Christ. You ought to walk with Christ so close that you can look at a new convert and say, if you got any questions, watch my life. That's how you walk with God. That's tough, ain't it? That's tough stuff. That's the Lord calling. Hold on. <laughs> Let me tell you something tonight. We need to be an example that the world can see something in you and I. I'm telling you, they're watching our lives. Your family is watching your life. Your friends are watching your life. Your coworkers are watching your life. And they're trying to find something to fill the hole that's in their life. You know what that hole is shaped like? It's shaped like the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the inward man, the soul of a man, a soul of a woman is a breath from God that is hungering and desiring to be in fellowship and walk with the Spirit of God so they don't fall under this condemnation. But our churches, as our brother preached this morning, has lost its power. The church can be filled up, but with no power, it's just a full building. You can go down to the substation about three miles down the road here. There's transformers all in the substation. 
They're wired from one transformer to the other, to the other, to the When you go by, you can hear the buzz going on for all the power that's in that little circle of transformers. And those lines run out from those transformers out to the poles. And from one pole to the next pole, to the next transformer, to the next home. And the power that's all in that little substation that's walking in the spirit of God, I hope you see what I'm talking about. I'm telling you what, there's power that can come out of the house of God when God's people will get hooked up to one another and get hooked up with him, God will move in a mighty way. But you go down to that substation, take all the wires loose and disconnect every single thing, guess what you got? You got a big square of transformers doing nothing. Oh, they could light the whole city if they were hooked up. But they're not walking after the Lord. They're walking after what they want to do. And by doing that, they have got disconnected from the main power source. Oh my Lord, I see it tonight. We need to get hooked up with God to walk in the spirit of God. God has given us a little substation here beside the road and it's full of beautiful transformers. But if we don't reach out and touch one another, look at it. Look at the person sitting next to you, how far away they are from you or how close they are to you. You can reach out and touch them I'd ask you to do that right now. The person right beside you, reach out and touch them. Can you feel that? Do you feel that? Maybe you can't reach the other one. You see what the disconnect is? There, there, there's not enough to reach out to the other one. So you know what we need to do? These two that are touching each other need to tell somebody else, we need more transformers till we can uh, put this line together and it'll flow better this way. And we need to pull together as people of God and walk in the spirit of God so we can shine the light of God. Amen? So the first thing you need to know tonight is knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. That's the only way you're going to be a good transformer for God. I ain't talking about the ones on TV. I'm talking about being one for God. Somebody that puts some power off. Amen? He tells us we don't have to walk in defeat. But in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, he says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. How many have you been guilty of what I've been guilty of? Lord, if you just show me. Lord, if you just speak to me. Lord, if you would just do something, I'd walk in the spirit. I'd do what you want me to do. I, if you would just do this and do that, I'm going to tell you tonight, he's done everything. Well, Brother Bo, I'd come help you, but I've got to pray about it. That's the most disinterpreted way to, to respond to somebody that I have ever heard. You don't pray about what God's will is already. We're to love one another and to care for one another. I shouldn't have to pray about helping my brother if he's in need. It's God's will that I help him. There's nothing to pray about. The Lord is waiting on you to be the transformer, to transfer the power to the, to the weakest link at the moment, okay? I'm not saying you're weak tonight, but I'm just using it as an example. 
How many days have you had, like I've had, when you couldn't pray? You've been so low that you couldn't even hardly speak your name. You've been so brokenhearted, you didn't know what to say. And he, the Holy Spirit of God, would make that intercession for you. Amen. And he, he said, come back over here and get a hold of the power and keep walking in the Spirit. And then make you want to go on for God. I'll give Sister Melinda a rose tonight. I ain't met that lady one time when she didn't lift my spirits up. This week down at the Smoky Mountain Jubilee, we stayed up half the night. All of us had eating everything we shouldn't have been eating and, and fellowship and having a good time eating donuts at one o'clock in the morning and doing all this crazy stuff. And the next morning real early for breakfast, I'm standing there and I'm about half asleep trying to figure out where I'm at. And she says, good morning. <laughs> How could somebody be that happy this early in the morning? Because she's walking in the spirit. She wants to be a light and an encouragement to those around her. We choose whether to be happy or to be a grouch. We do, whether we're walking in the spirit or not. It's our choice every day. Galatians 5, 16, he says, This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Man, that's powerful stuff. I'll read that again, that's the good. Galatians 5, 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know what that does? That moves all the stumbling blocks out of the way. <laughs> oh, wow, pastor, I just can't live for God. I'm having awfulest trouble ever was. Are you walking in the spirit? What do you mean by that? Are you praying? Are you studying your Bible? Are you praying for a burden for the lost? Are you going to church? Are you being faithful to the house of God? Are you doing what God asks you to do? These are things called walking in the spirit, not fulfilling fleshly desire. We all would like to have time alone. We all want to take a break. We all want to just let up for a minute. But can I tell you in that, there's people dying and going to hell and they need you to be a lively stone. They need you to be hooked up. They need to see you walking in the Spirit. They need to see you happy in the Lord so that encourages them to do more for God. I'm guilty myself. We all need to look at our lives and how we can be a better example for what God wants in our life. We need to know who we are in Christ. Do you know who you are in Christ tonight? In Ephesians 5, 8, he says, For Ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. I didn't say it was going to be easy. I didn't say that every day would be wonderful, but every day can be exactly what you want it to be. If you get up in a bad mood and you want to be upset and be down all day long, the devil will oblige you with that. He'll bring you so low you can't pick your head up. 
but it, you got to figure out that greater is he that's within me that, than he that's in the world talking about this flesh that I can overcome through the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm going to have a good day whether anybody does or not. That's called walking in the spirit, walking in the will of God for your life. I found out in all these years of walking with the Lord, I can be as happy or as miserable as I want to be. He will not force himself on me. He won't force me to shout. He won't force me to say amen. He won't even force me to come to church. But he'll sure be disappointed if I don't. And then I'll begin to stumble. Then I'll get weak. Then I'll get disconnected from the power. And when I get disconnected from the power, everything goes into neutral then. Now there's no positive connection. You take the positive off a battery, and when you take the positive off the battery, it immediately starts discharging right then and draining itself. And before you know it, there's no power left. It's just a battery. It's hooked to the ground, but it's still just disconnected from its main source. When we stop reading our Bibles, it's like disconnecting a stench cord. You're disconnecting from the power. How can you know what to do tomorrow in your job if you've not spent time with the Lord and His Word? If you've not walked in the Spirit of God, how will you know who you are in Christ? How will you know what to say? How to treat people? How to be a light to your pastor? How will you know that? I tell you tonight, you won't know. You won't know how to do it. But in Ephesians 2, 13, he says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh. Listen, you're made nigh, made close by the blood of Christ. <laughs> Do Christians get discouraged? You better believe it. Do we have bad days? We sure do. But just because I'm having one don't, need, don't mean I need to tell everybody on Facebook and everybody I come in contact, woe is me how bad it is right now in my life. Because all I'm doing is spewing out negativity. Now, the Bible does say let your petitions be made known. Where is a good place to make that known? Here we are. Anybody got a prayer request? Anybody got a testimony? Boy, I sound like a lot of folks walking with Christ. You read the portions of that scripture right there talking about how we're free in God. You get in the middle of, of walking with Christ, hooked up to the power. You cannot keep from saying something. I'm glad that the Lord saved my soul, Brother Alex. I think of him all the time now. He'll just say, I thank the Lord that I'm saved. I thank the Lord he saved my soul. It don't take nothing big to be hooked up, amen. <laughs> the Lord knows his heart. And because he does that, it causes me to get hooked up. <laughs> I'm like, yes, hallelujah. It's not about the amount of words you say, but it comes from the heart. We need to know who we are in Christ. The second thing is we need to know how Christ works in us. How this thing really takes place. 
in our life. I asked the Lord when he wanted me to preach this message. He said, I want you to preach it on a Sunday night. I want you to talk to them and tell them what I want. So not only knowing who you are in Christ, but knowing how Christ works in you. Verse 16 says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Has the Spirit bared witness with you lately? Let me give you an example. We are, we're all here this morning, and Brother Jared Dixon come to sing and to preach for us. It was kind of quiet there for a bit, and our brother got up and he started playing that guitar, and he started singing. How'd that make you feel when he started singing? All of a sudden, your spirit started bearing witness of what you were hearing, and it started making you feel good. You started relating to what he was saying. You know what that's called? That's called hooking up and starting to feel the power move. And as you begin to feel it move, his spirit, spirit bared witness with your spirit. All of a sudden, they came into interaction with each other and God started moving. That's how that works. And when you hear the word of God and you hear the truth, the Bible says, just say amen. That means to make it so, Lord. I believe it. Amen. It's a fact. And that causes you to hook up and you're walking in the spirit of God. That's how it works. Verse 16 clarifies that. So let me tell you this in 1 Corinthians. He says it like this in chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. Listen to what he said. Now there are diverse sites of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different administrations, but the same Lord. <laughs> and there are diverse sites of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. There's no other God. There's no other Spirit we're not praying for some kind of other spirit to come in. It's the same spirit. In verse 7, he says, But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. When we see God moving, we see Sister Frida testifying, Sister Brenda crying and, and waving her hand, and maybe one back here shouting, and, and, and Brother uh, Alex is shouting a little bit. All of a sudden, the Spirit starts moving back and forth. It's bearing witness. We're watching different administrations happen. Brother Greg gets happy, runs to the back of the church, and you might be sitting there going, what in the world's going on? It's called walking in the Spirit. It's called being obedient to God and following him, knowing who you are in Christ and how Christ is working in you. Philippians 2.13 For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's his will that you testify I said, it's his will that you glorify. I said, it's his will that you edify. Amen. And then it's his will sometimes that you get undignified. 
We see people act in certain ways and we're like, good night, I'd never act that way. Be careful, it may come down your road next. I've done everything but do a backflip yet. If I do that, you'll know God's in it. <laughs> well, you're talking about emotionalism now. No, I'm just talking about walking in Christ. It'll make you do things you never thought you could do or would do. I tell you ladies this, I'd rather mess my makeup for the Lord than the devil, amen? I'd be rather crying tears of joy and happiness and in tears of sadness, amen? I tell you, we need to get undignified sometimes and, and glorify the Lord because he's worthy of it. In 1 John 4, 13, he says, Hereby know that we, that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. That's not a quiet salvation. Brother Mark, when the spirit of God gets in you, you got to do something. I, get, I mean, if I was on that drum set over there and the Holy Spirit got a hold of me, it'd be hard to tell what would come out of that. I'd be, I might throw a stick at somebody. I don't know. I get so happy I wouldn't know what I was doing. But it's like that sometimes. I was telling them at the retreat this week, my first reaction when I get happy in the Lord, it's like taking a bottle of pop and shaking it up. That's what I feel like on the inside. And the first thought hits my mind is run about three miles, hard as I can run it. Why do you feel that way? I don't know. That's just the way I feel. Ain't hardly able to do it no more, but I may look at one of these young boys one of these times and say, take a, take a lap for me. And that'd be all right too. It's called walking in the Spirit. I want to honor God, whatever I'm doing. I don't want to be a hindrance to nobody, but I'm here to worship Him, not you. I'm here to glorify him, not you. But man, if we'll all get hooked up together, let that spirit flow around like that, the sinner sitting in the middle will have no other choice but say, I've got to get in or get out of here, one or the other. One or the other. I'm, I'm so happy today to see visitors in the house. Never been here before, but felt comfortable enough to come to an old-fashioned altar and lay burdens down. You ought to feel good about that church, that a pure stranger can walk in this building and feel the presence of God and say, I'm in my, <laughs> I'm in my father's house. That, that's a welcome spot. I, I ain't worried about all these other, I'm in my father's house. And they can walk right in their spirit and come to the altar and say, it's me, Lord. Boy, it makes me feel good. There's a lot of places you're not welcome to come up front. They got to schedule it out and see if it's okay before you can come to the front. I'm telling you, it's the truth. You got to schedule to give a testimony. You got to schedule to sing a song. You got to schedule to do this and schedule. There's no schedules in the house of God. We ought to be obedient to the Holy Spirit of God and walk in the Spirit, knowing how Christ works in us. I come to the house of God looking for Him to do something. Not just in me, but in you. Because when he starts working in you, it starts working on me. And all of a sudden, now all that gets together. And when it gets together, it spreads out all over the place. I love it. I love how the Holy Spirit works. And he wants to do that in you and I. I'm talking about walking in the Spirit as children of God. You can choose to walk a desert 
You can be as dry and defeated and lonely and separated as you want to be. But I can tell you right now, that is not the will of God. He said it was his heart's desire to bless you and to increase you and to, and, and to do things in your life supernaturally that you didn't even expect. But we walk in defeat because we listen more to the devil than we will to him. So you need to know how Christ works in your life. The third thing I want to tell you is that we need to know Listen, how the Holy Spirit works. There's different administrations. People worship different. Sometimes it might make you uncomfortable. I've been places where it'd be so quiet. I mean, I thought I could hear a mouse run across the carpet. It'd be so quiet. One of them old saints be sitting back there, and the Lord just starts shaking her up like a bottle of pop. And all of a sudden, wham, she would scream to the top of her lungs. You ever been scared in church? I have. But immediately as that, you know, comes over me, it blessed me because she's following the Lord. She'd held it as long as she could hold it. She couldn't wait no longer. I've seen people stand up to the whole service. They so excited, they couldn't keep their seat and they had to stand up. Amen, brother. And they just felt good. That makes you uncomfortable and you're going to heaven someday. You're going to get real uncomfortable when you get there. Because every few minutes it'll be, Foom! there goes Brother Gary. Foom! There went Brother Greg. Foom! There'll be two or three more. I'll have the lungs and capability to, to run as far as I can run. And it'll be good. Heaven ain't going to be a little bitty quiet place where we're floating around plucking on a harp. That's Hollywood's version of it. There's going to be rejoicing and praising God forevermore. We've been redeemed. We've been brought out. We've been delivered. Praise the Lord. I'm out of all that suffering, all of that trouble. I ain't got to worry about walking in the Spirit. I'm here, praise God. I ain't got to preach another message. I can sing forevermore. I can sing as good as anybody can sing. We can sing and never lose our voice. It'll be wonderful. We can go down to the marriage supper, get a snack off the table where we had a big old meal, and just be a wonderful time when we get there. But we live like it ain't even going to happen. We live in defeat. Because we don't know how Christ is working and we sure don't know how the Holy Spirit is working. But look at verse 14. He says, For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Holy Spirit is waiting, anticipating for God's children to seek after Him. The Holy Spirit is standing by Rubbing his hands, just waiting. I want, I want to bless you. I want to do that in your life if you'll just let me do it. No, I don't want to do that. I, 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 want to, I want to get you to that next place so you can be blessed in your life if you'll just let that go and look at me and follow me. I want to bless you. I don't, that's too much commitment there now. 
And that's how come we're defeated. We have to step out of our comfort zone and say, yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you no matter what. If I lose friends, if I break fellowship with family, if people turn against me, all I want to see is you, Lord. All I want to do is walk in the Spirit. All I want to do is feel your presence. Lord, hook me up and show me. And when you do that, you'll begin to see God do some things in your life you've never seen before. In Ephesians 4.30, the Bible says, this is important, grieve, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Ephesians 4.30, you need to mark that in your Bible. Grieve not. Well, pastor, what does that mean? That means to hinder or limit. Well, I don't really understand. Okay, let me break it on down for you. When you're sitting back there and one of them's opening up the service and God is wanting to do something, and you're, you're comfortable, you got everything placed to where you normally sit, you're in the seat you always sit in, you feel good, the temperature's right, everything's just right. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes by and you got to move around a little bit because Brother Mark's acting plumb crazy over here. He's, he's acting like he's never acted before. He's kind of making me uncomfortable. And then, then all of a sudden you look over here and Paige decides she's going to read Scripture. And boy, that, what is she doing? And that kind of puts you in a bind. And next thing you know, you're not as comfortable as you used to be because you're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. He already started with you wanting you to do something, but you're waiting on everybody else to do something. I'm telling you, we're gonna stand before God one day and give an account for every time he wanted to do something in our life, and we said no to the Holy Spirit of God. It could be so simple as a testimony. Do you know that we overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb? That's what the Bible says. I want to tell you tonight that God wants to do something. And it doesn't matter who you are. Chandra's sitting back there. If God says, I want you to say something for me. And when that hits her mind, she ought to say, I want to thank God for saving my soul. She can't think of a thing to say, but that, that's an evident thing that's happening to her. I just want to thank God for saving my soul. And all of a sudden, Kendra's sitting up here, heard her testimony and goes, you know what? If she could do that, maybe I could do that. And then Kendra says something, and all of a sudden when she gets done saying that, somebody else says, well, if Kendra could do that, maybe I could do that. You know what's happening? We ain't grieving the Holy Spirit no more. We're being obedient, and all of a sudden, everybody's starting to get hooked up, and the Holy Spirit is working, and that's how you walk in the Spirit of God is being obedient and not grieving the Holy Spirit. We need to get out of our comfort zone and let God work in our lives. If you're coming to church to be comfortable, you're coming for the wrong reason. This ain't a day spa. We don't do pedicures here. And we don't have an adult nursery here. We come here to worship God. I said we come here to worship. 
I didn't come here to see what Brother Mark had on or how he was going to act or what was going on with him. I come here to see the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and listen to what he has to say in my life so I don't hinder or grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes the, the whole service is keyed and hung on one individual and it ain't the pastor. It could be Sister Stacy. God could speak to, to her and say, testify. And she could start testifying and all of a sudden, it causes a wildfire of the Holy Spirit to move because she didn't grieve the Holy Spirit. But she comes in and God says, speak. And she says, nope. And she grieves the Holy Spirit of God and then the others that would have reacted off of that, then they don't have the opportunity because they're grieving as well and we leave out of here defeated. You see how that happens? But let one be obedient and it's like a wildfire. It just starts happening. And the devil finally goes, you know what? I'm out of here. And God has his way. I'm talking how to walk in the spirit, church. That's why I'm breaking it down easy tonight and breaking it down instead of jumping this stand like I feel like doing right now. I'm telling you, we need not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Let me give you this scripture. I'm just about done. In James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4, listen. He says, my brother, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting for nothing. What does that mean, preacher? That means when troubles come, if you're walking in the Spirit, the Lord is walking with you. You'll get through those things and it'll all be for His glory. And you'll grow from it. You're not grieving, you're listening. You say, yes, Lord, I know you chose this valley for me. I'll walk through it. I'll praise your name. I'll keep my eyes on you. I'll try not to pout and doubt all the way through. Lord, I'll keep my eyes on you and keep hooked up and walking in you. And the Lord will help you right through that valley. Brother Greg's been through a hard valley this week. He buried one sister. One sister come near death. God's blessed her and kept her around for a little longer. You ain't been in that valley this week, but he has. Have you been praying for him? That's what we're supposed to be doing. When one member hurts, they all hurt. I promise you, if I come back there and pull your ear real hard, it'll send pain through your whole body that I just jerked on your earlobe. You know the church is the same way? I might not be calling you every second, but when I know you're hurting, I'm praying for you. I want to be there for you. And that's what walking in the Spirit is all about. Listen to this, and I'm done. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14 says it like this. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, we have all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one, 
but many. Even though we're all different, we're all walking in the same spirit. We all have the same Holy Ghost. We all can overcome just like somebody else can overcome. We all have the same Bible. We're reading the same scripture and we're serving the same Lord. Walk in the Spirit and thus fulfill the laws of Christ.